Dave Fryer. Welcome to The Reluctant Agilist. This is a podcast I've been waiting to do for a very long time, and I'm very appreciative of my friends from Atlassian for, for joining. So Derek Heath is back. Derek, say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. And Sam Sabota is here as well. And they're going to help me with a problem that I have that came up uh, out of a conversation I had with Ryan Ripley about story points and kind of where this took me. So uh, we're going to get into all that in a second. We're going to be talking about flow metrics and how you get that stuff out of JIRA. But before we do that, Derek, would you mind telling these fine people who you are? Derek Heather, Principal Solutions Engineer for Enterprise Agility at Atlassian. Okay, what does that mean? What do you do? It means that I demonstrate the art of the possible to our biggest, most complex customers and, and ex help them understand how our products can help them solve their problems. All right, cool. Thank you. And Sam, what about you? Hi, uh, I'm Sam Sabota. I'm a senior. Uh, product manager for enterprise agility. And what that means is that um, I'm a product manager for our Jira line product. That's our um, enterprise agile planning product. And I, I specifically own data and reporting within that product. Awesome. All right. So two experts here and I came to them with a problem and, and that came out of a conversation with a client who is trying, is getting pressure from above to switch to a model where story points equal time because the company says it wants predictability. And I was like, well, you'll never get that out of story points or especially converting story points to time. But I was thinking back about my conversations with Brian Ripley and Troy Lightfoot and thinking about the book, When Will It Be Done? And all of that. And I started thinking, well, why don't we just use flow metrics, especially if you're in JIRA because it's gonna capture all that anyway. And if management comes and says, when will this thing be finished? I could just look at the lead time for the last hundred items and say, well, there's an 80% chance it'll be done in this period of time. Um, so I reached out to Derek and I was like, hey, can we do a podcast and you guys show how this works? Because I don't use JIRA enough to be able to explain this to anybody. So um, I'm going to, with that, I'm just going to hand everything over to the two of you and stand here and, and watch and be in wonder and amazement the whole time. So do you want me to lead or Sam, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, Derek had approached me um, about this topic and mentioned that Dave um, had this problem that he got from his audience. And um, this is something I had been looking at within our Jira line product. We have customers that do scaled agile, um, scaled agile recently adopted flow metrics. And uh, our, I used to be a solution architect on our team. And we had this debate about our story points kind of played out. Like, does it really, you know, show progress? Um, I've interviewed some customers too around like how they report progress through status reporting. And a, a few customers actually brought to my attention that they struggle with explaining to their leaders, you know, what the progress is, uh, especially around Agile, you know, as how are they gonna deliver, you know, based on the targets they projected and what they forecasted out. And they struggled with points. But one of the challenges is, is that their leadership focus on points and what what they kind of also struggle with is well why am i not getting things faster we just went agile why are things taking so long and so this is a very interesting dilemma that i i see a lot of our customers struggling with and one of the things that has been i think recently with especially with mick kirsten's book project to product a lot of people have started looking in and are interested in flow metrics and how do you adopt flow metrics? Because 
rather than looking at output, now you're looking at flow, flow of value. And are you efficiently delivering value, you know, through your teams, your value streams? And so this is something across Atlassian we started to focus on. And so we re recently launched a new uh, product called Atlassian Analytics. And what this is, is our data visualization platform, you know, sort of like a Tableau or Power BI that sits on top of our Atlassian data lake. And what it allows you to do is to create uh, views and dashboards uh, within Jira Cloud Enterprise. So you can now create custom dashboards and reports using Atlassian Analytics. So previously, you could create dashboards within Jira, but it was very limited. You had to use JQL. Now we're giving you something more powerful, more robust that allows you to build these very complex dashboards that you can share across you know, your entire enterprise and even to your executive leaders. Um, even through like Confluence, you could just embed the dashboard within Confluence itself. Now, so one of the- Can I, I oh, interrupt you sure. for one second here, just to highlight this point. So one of the things that I was hoping to get to was a place where I could say to management, don't come down here and start asking people on the team, like when crap's gonna be done. If you wanna know, just go look in the system because it's already got all that information. You don't have to come in here and make them figure it out, right? Right, and this is what Atlassian Analytics can do. One of the nice things about it is that it comes with out-of-the-box dashboards. They're starter dashboards that we have designed and developed, and we allow customers to create a, a version of their own, and they can actually modify them too. So some of the dashboards, I'm going to show you an example of one, which is Flowmetrics, where basically any, any of our customers that have Jira Cloud Enterprise with Atlassian Analytics can basically create a copy and then modify this to their needs. So they could customize the terminology, they could change the logic, anything they want. And what's nice about Atlassian Analytics, it uses um, a no-code, low-code way of creating um, queries called Visual SQL. Uh, I won't go into that in general, but I'm gonna show you an example of flow metrics and, and how it could be used you know, among teams to see like the flow of value across your teams. So I'm gonna share a view of um, our Flowmetrics dashboard for Jira. And again, like I said, this is an out of the box dashboard that any customer that has Atlassian Analytics can basically create just by you know, using the create button itself. So you'll see here, this is an example of a Flowmetrics dashboard that uses issue types. And um, it, it shows you what the throughput, cycle time, lead time, um, you know, a, across a, either specific projects, issues, you, you basically get to select what's, what criteria you want to use and the interval. So you and can, then we- I want, I'm sorry, I'm gonna keep rudely interrupting you. So you could filter it so that I just wanna see for bugs, like how long does it take to get bugs done or how long yes. does it take to get epics done or whatever, okay. Yes. Okay. And we give you a, uh, just a quick overview based on your filter criteria that you selected. So your issues completed per month, issues in progress per month, your lead time, your cycle time, and your flow efficiency. And then here we give you some detailed analysis of your throughput um, across your different issue types, your work profiles, so your distribution of how much time are you spending on uh, certain types of issues. Um, in each of your, uh, on a month by month over basis. Then we uh, show trending of your lead time and cycle time across issues. 
Could you, we also, would you mind like just quickly explaining lead time and cycle time for people that might not know what they are? Or Derek, since you wrote a whole <laughs> book about it, if you want to do it, you could. Sure. So lead time is the time from kind of the initiation of an issue. So when it's first created to when it's finally completed, right? So that's the end-to-end -end time. Now, cycle time is from the time that it uh, work actually starts. So when it um, actually goes in progress and then to the time it actually completes. And so the purpose of showing you lead time and cycle time is to show you, um, are there any bottlenecks? Why are things taking longer than you think they should? Because the whole point of flow metrics is to efficiently deliver value to your uh, customers as quickly as possible so that they can realize value, right? And so the quicker you're able to complete you know, your issues, um, the faster your customers are going to see that value and have it in so, their hands. So if if there's any senior leadership watching this, if you're accustomed to asking teams like or asking what the team's velocity is, flow efficiency would probably be a much better indicator of performance. Although if they have things jamming up their their workflow, they may not be things they can control. It might be organizational things or other stuff that has to change to help them become more efficient. Right. The the flow efficiency is going to show them uh, how many, you know, how much time relative to the full lead time, how much of that time was actually focused on value Producing. delivery, actually yeah. valuable time versus waiting. So I don't know if that's going to, it's, it's a nice cursory view, but you're going to have to dig into that to identify where that bottleneck in the system and then elevate that bottleneck. That's where that executive can step in and help relieve that, that bottleneck. It, it shows them what, where to ask questions. Instead Correct. of just saying, Leads why can't them. you do more points than this other team? Correct. And I believe that asking them, you know, I think that they're ill-informed that if an executive is asking about points, really agile teams or scrum teams, you know, they're using a different language than the executives. And so what we're, there's a breakdown in communication. And instead of asking them, can you deliver more points? It's really the executive should ask them the different question. What do you need? in order to deliver more value within a set period of time, that might be a more appropriate question. Cool, okay. Thank and you. I think Derek brings up a very good point. This is about identifying potential bottlenecks, right? Where do you have disruptions to your flow? Now, this isn't gonna give you the answers. And I think that needs to be understood because a lot of executives jump to, well, okay, I see there's a problem, but where is the problem? So that I think is a, a, is a deeper level that has to be you know dived into and it, this will only kind of highlight that you have disruptions to your flow sure. but if the team is doing if they're creating like a value stream map and they know like we know it's over here then they can all start to look at that area together and, and decipher why that thing is there but this tool would help them kind of pinpoint the section of their flow to look at maybe correct right. and, and i think this is you know if an organization agrees on using flow metrics, it should be used across the organization from the team all the way up to the executive level and getting that alignment, right? Because you're right, absolutely right, Dave. A team should be able to look at this and say, where do we have disruptions? Now, how can we improve, right, in your retro? How do we improve our you know, flow efficiency, as Derek is saying? Cool. This is awesome. And the other thing I like about this is, this is just going to work out of box. That is, you have these instances and it, the data will feed the lake, yeah. which will then inform 
the analytics. And okay. so you don't have to do all that configuration. Everything you essentially it's already in there, it's in there. And then, and a lot of times with the executives, they don't know what they don't know, but they know it when they see it. And if you can at least show them something to help facilitate a conversation, you can start creating visualizations using Atlassian analytics that help answer the questions the executives yeah. are looking for versus again, trying to have a conversation about how many points can you increase right. the amount of points that you can do within a period of time? Okay. So can I ask you guys questions about this now, or, or do you Sam, do you still have more stuff you need to show here? No, feel free, Dave. Okay. So I'm going to treat these questions. I'm going to start and stop each one as its own thing in case, because if I ask a question or like, it doesn't do that, I'm just going to cut that part out. Okay. Um, so here's my first question. Can you show me how this information would help me get an idea of when a a particular thing might be done. Like there's an 80% chance it'll be done in this many days. Is there a way to see that in the tool? Like a new item hits the backlog and management's like, when will this be in the customer's hands? The data points are there. Okay. So, so if we step back and think about those flow metrics, what we're looking at is what is the average lead time uh -huh. of a team? What is their average throughput rates of that team? Right. And then given if the work, it has the same size and complexity of past work, yeah. then we should have within a reasonable uh, confidence, be able to predict. Like an average time. Right. But again, you know, I hate to say average, but there's always a flaw of averages, but we have make certain assumptions that if they have standardized work, or if we can recognize if we have a rubric, if we can compare this work to other work and see what past performance tells us less of it. Don't ask the team how long it's going to take them as much as if they can understand what it is that you're asking them to deliver, then look at past performance. And that is your best indicator. Okay. The lagging indicators are your best predictor of, of when What's you can gonna expect happen. delivery of this thing. And, and it would also help us uh, focus energy within the team or teams um, on right sizing the work so that it all is all very similar in size, because that's going to make these metrics more efficient, right? Absolutely. Okay. And, and we make, and if I can add to that, when yeah. we think about Kanban teams, some Kanban, you know, some Kanban teams, they don't find value in estimating their work, right. uh, but there's an assumption there that it's because the work that's coming into the queue is, has stand is a standardized type of work. And so we're, they're making an assumption that, you know, if it's just an inbound request from a call center, that they, you know, it's all already pre-sized. If it doesn't fit in that box, it won't fit in the queue. And then they're not going to, they're going to reject it because there's uncertainty. There's unknowns that prevent it from being sized appropriately. Okay. And, so, so a definition of ready would help with stuff in the, in the Kanban backlog as well. Yes, absolutely. All right. Um, okay. I have another question. Um, I was talking with somebody, a, a colleague of mine about this and, and said that, you know, I was reaching out to you guys to see if we could do this this podcast. And he said, well, one of the challenges you're going to run into is uh, tasks for stories in JIRA. Uh, because there is, I don't know, I mean, and I'm curious, actually, from you guys, what is the difference between those two things in the system? Because like, when I'm teaching my class, I'm, I say like, well, when I say task, that's what JIRA calls a subtask. When I say product backlog item, that's what JIRA calls a task or a story. Like, how does that factor into all this? So I think I think what's what's 
you know, kind of one of the things about Jira is it offers you that flexibility as a customer to define what those issues are. Okay. Um, now, this dashboard, you can select to either use a task or a story. You don't have to do both. Um, so you, you have, you could do both. Um, I've seen customers define them differently. Like a task is an administrative um, task that they need to do versus a story's actual work on, you know, or some some form of value that so it's they're just a work type on. then. It's literally just a work type. Correct. Okay, so if I wanted to, I could say that anything in the product backlog, I could call it a story or a task. Instead, I don't have to use both. Or do I? You don't, you don't have to. I, I would say it, it's really dependent on your organization and what issues that you want to use and okay. how you define them. Okay. But they can, for any issue type, they can track these flow metrics. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's great. Um, what, just from my own curiosity, what is the difference for you guys between those two things? Stories and tasks in the system? Is it just a tag or is there some other thing? No, they're actual issue types. So there's story, there's a task. And then, as you mentioned, there's subtasks. Subtasks are childs of stories. Right. But but you don't have like a stories break down into tasks, break down into subtasks, or tasks break down into stories, break down into sub it's like not a thing for you guys. There there is levels of that if you think of if within Jira, there's a Jira Epic, which you can rename now if you want to call it a feature, you can you just call okay. it whatever you want. But the goal is to understand that a story is a child okay. of that object, and then a subtask could be a child of that story object. But, so are, ta are task and story parallel in the hierarchy? Yes. I'm cutting this out of the interview. I'm just asking. <laughs> yes, no, they, they are actually. They're they're parallel. Okay. All right. Um, subtask is, is a child of a story. I usually say a subtask is something an individual could do in 30 minutes to six hours. A story mm -hmm. or a task requires an entire team to deliver because you have to design, develop, and test. I think it's fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. What What do we need to show them about this? I mean, you guys have already hit everything I wanted to hit and did it much faster than I thought we were going to. So what, what do you want to talk about to promote the tool or get people to use it or understand it? Mm, the um, I think, I think the thing about this, this, uh, LSE analytics, it's just not Jira software. Um, our vision is that, you know, we will get all of the Jira cloud products, including Jira line. Um, you're going to be able to create let me, dashboards. Let me ask you a question again, you can start the whole bit over because this okay. is going to be good, right? All right. So I appreciate you guys showing this and, um, I'm hoping people see that this is a much easier way to get arguably a better way of predicting when work will be done out of the system. And it's data that's already being captured. So you don't have to do anything special to get to it. But but what are the else do the people that are watching this need to know about this tool? So um, what people should know about Atlassian Analytics is that it's just not um, visualizing your Jira software data. Uh, you're also going to be able to see your Jira service management, uh, Ops Genie, eventually all of our Jira cloud products. Um, 
that are we're going to pump all that data into the Atlassian data lake. You're going to be able to visualize your data, your Jira, like your Atlassian data within um, Atlassian analytics. And then later on this year, we're also going to allow um, Jira line uh, customers of Jira line to connect um, our Jira line data, Mar enterprise insights to Atlassian analytics. So now you'll be able to create dashboards across you know, all of our Jira, you know, and Jira line uh, products and, and be able to create dashboards across, you know, those products. In addition, um, you can uh, connect third-party data sources or even like uh, data, you know, data lakes like Snowflake to Atlassian Analytics. So now you can have this picture across your organization, across all different data sources, all within Atlassian Analytics. So it could be your like one-stop shop for um, data analysis and, and dashboarding. Okay. So one thing I forgot to ask you about is what about the program or portfolio level? Can I actually look at stuff across multiple projects where, you know, everything in the organization if I want to? Yes. It, you're going to have access in Atlassian Analytics to view um, the data across all your projects in Jira Cloud. Uh, one of the things, too, that's nice about the data lake is you can actually uh, control the permissions of what projects certain users can actually see in the um, uh, the data lake data source as well. So if there are certain projects that you you know deem as top secret or you need an NDA, you can actually restrict um, who can view that data. Awesome. This is great. And there's an additional capability that we haven't touched on yet, that if okay. you look at Sam's screen on the right side, it's not just having it in analytics, but it's then sharing that information out. And so there are some sharing options, some download options, but what's really nice is because it's within the Atlassian ecosystem, right. you can actually embed these dashboards in other Atlassian products. So if you so have a- So they can look in Confluence page, and see this updated in real time. So management doesn't have to open Jira. Correct. That's nice. And you can also create subscriptions. So say an executive doesn't want to go in analytics, you can actually send a PDF version to right. a certain set of users or audience, and then they'll receive it on a schedule. That's awesome. Cool. I, so they probably would still need somebody on their teams who could look at this and understand, you know, like where in the cycle things are getting bogged down or where there's a lot of wait time and things like that. Somebody would have to look at this data and interpret it, but at least it's all in one place where people can see it. Yep. That's always, that always seems to be the problem. It's, you can present a visualization, but what does it tell you? you it's know, only and a what... problem until someone builds an AI of Troy McGinnis and then it's fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, I was, you, you mentioned Troy and, and right away I'm like, right, we can visualize dependencies and it shows you the probability how it goes down when you have more dependencies yeah. in the system. So yeah, the thing, so you're actually nailing it is the things that Troy talks about where he, I've heard Troy mention that if you have a commitment for every dependency that you have, it cuts in half the probability of success. So you can absolutely do that with this. You, you would be able to visualize, it could show you, it would be kind of frightening to say, oh, within this project, I have this many dependencies, probability of success is a fraction of 1%, yeah. but it would be able to do that. That's very cool. I appreciate you guys taking time to do this. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I have, I have one closing question. 
for both of you. And Derek, before I ask this question, will you grab that pillow off your back chair, the special pillow, and show it to everyone? Or one of the two special pillows? I've got pillows? two of them. I'll be right yeah. back. And Sam, you're not prepared for this question, but I'm hoping you're going to be able to field it anyway. I'm going to get my book, too. My man, Cameron Poe? Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> yes. And I have this book here. We're both big fans of The Cage. So I would like to know from both of you, best Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, I actually Favorite have an answer for that, Dave. If you could only watch one more Nicolas Cage movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I'm going to allow know. you to include films where he's listed as a Coppola instead of Cage. Ah. Sam, you want to go first? I actually have the, an answer for this one, I, and I'll I'll tell you, Dave, and it sounds really cheesy. It's Valley Girl. I uh, think that's a great answer. That would probably be my second choice. That was my second really? choice. Really? Wow. My number one choice is Raising Arizona. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I'm going to go with Birdie. That is my favorite Nicolas Cage movie, both for his hair and his <laughs> use of the, word, of the F word, which is De Niro-like impressive in that film. So... Thank Excellent you guys. <laughs> if, Thank you you wanna, if you want to leave in comments anything you want to share about your favorite Nicolas Cage movie, as long as you don't say Mandy, you're allowed to put anything you want down there. But guys, thank you very much for taking time for this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave.